Hey, this is Julie Mullins, co-senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church right here in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you for taking time out of your busy week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Well, guys, we're kicking off a brand new series today uh, that's all about prayer, how to pray, why we pray, when we should pray, and my prayer is that during these next several weeks as we're diving into this, that your relationship with Jesus would go to a whole other level because what we're gonna be talking about over these next few weeks has the potential, listen to me, to change everything because prayer changes things. And the greatest thing that prayer changes is you and me, right? Prayer changes us. You can't get into the presence of the almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving God and it not change you. Now, here's what we know. Everybody prays. Even the atheist is going to pray when the plane's going down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, God, if you're there, right? right? And sometimes all we can muster up is, oh, God. Help me, oh God, where are you kind of prayer? And thank God, he hears our, oh God, prayers. But how many of you know that's not all that prayer is supposed to be? Prayer is not just a, a 911 emergency call for help. There's more to prayer than just that. I did a Google search uh, this last week on how to pray and Google revealed over 1 billion 888 million search results for the question, how to pray? 1,880,000,000 results. That's a lot of people curious about the very thing that we're gonna be talking about. And if you actually try to go find a book on prayer, you're gonna to have to weed through millions and millions of copies of books on prayer. Why would there be so much curiosity about the very thing that we're gonna be talking about for these next few weeks, except that God has planted in your heart this desire to, to know him and, and to love him and to connect with him and commune with him in relationship through prayer. So what we're gonna be talking about over these next few weeks are really, really important. I wanna challenge you, do not miss a Sunday these next few weeks. I believe it is the most important series of the entire year. Now, we all have different perspectives on prayer. Uh, some of us view prayer as like this last resort, right? Have you heard people say, well, all we can do now is pray. <laughs> I'm like, what are you waiting on? You know, you don't have to wait, right? Or we view, view prayer like that, uh, like a, a fire extinguisher where it says on the sign, in case of emergency, break glass and pray. I mean, that's, that's how we treat it, right? Maybe you grew up praying around your house. Maybe you prayed at bedtime or you prayed before a meal or maybe, um, maybe uh, you prayed for your cat or your dog when it was sick and, and you didn't really see prayer do much or maybe prayer didn't really change your life very much so you don't pray very much. So others, uh, they, they view prayer as a very um, religious, formal experience. Ever been in one of these confessional booths? Show of hands, right? They say confession is good for the soul. Yep. These booths that were set up as a place that you would go once a week or maybe twice a week if it was a really bad week. 
And you would, you would get into this confessional booth and you would um, confess your sins. Talk to a, a pastor or a priest on the other side of the screen there. You tried to look through and see who it was, right? <laughs> and you would go in here and, and tell God all the things that you did that was wrong. And the pastor or the priest would tell you the things you needed to do or pray to make things right with God. And I was not Catholic, I didn't grow up Catholic, but Julie did, so she's, she's told me about the confession booth, but she's never would tell me what she confessed in the confession booth, so if you ask her, try to get that out of her, right? Now, now the Bible has a lot to say about confession. Um, the Bible says that we need to confess our sins uh, to God and we receive forgiveness. It also says that we can confess our sins to one another and, and it brings healing into our lives. But a confessional booth can actually make you think that this is just a religious formal experience that I have to go in and tell God all the bad things that I've done or I've got to go through another man, another person to get to God. But, but Jesus came and died on the cross so that we could have direct access to God. I don't got to go through you anymore, buddy. I'm all done. I'm going right to God on this one. This uh, kind of idea of prayer can actually make us think that, that God is a little distant, that um, he's, he's got his arm out against us because of all the things we've done wrong. Because in here you're like, Father, forgive me because I've sinned and I'm gonna list out all the things that I've sinned and done wrong and we can think that's what prayer is. Prayer is just me coming to God, telling him all the things I've done wrong and feeling really bad about what I've done wrong. But I wonder if that's the purpose of prayer, to make us feel bad and make us feel unworthy. I don't think so. When it comes to prayer, I actually think there's a few things that are really important for us to grasp today. Regardless of what your experience is in prayer, maybe you don't pray very much, maybe you've not prayed very much, maybe you pray all the time, but there is both the mystery of prayer, which I call the wow of prayer, and the mechanics of prayer, which I call the how of prayer. And both of them are really important to understand. Prayer is a mystery when you think about it. That you can talk to the God of the universe, the God that spoke the words and planets begin to fill the empty skies. You get to talk to him. The God that said, let there be light, and there was light. That you get to know him and commune with him and have a relationship with him, and that prayer is actually the door that opens up that relationship to him. And that all of us can talk to him at the same time, and he hears us all, that's amazing, right? And think about it, you can actually hear God. Now, I've never heard God audibly speak to me. Some people have heard, I'm still waiting, but I have heard the Holy Spirit speak to me as clearly as I'm speaking to you today. It's a mystery. Romans 8 even tells us that um, when you don't know what to pray, that the Holy Spirit will pray on your behalf to God. You know, God, I don't even know what to pray. That's okay. Holy Spirit will pray for you. It tells us in Revelations that the prayers of God's people are stored up in these bowls or jars that are poured out before God as an offering to God. We, we read in, in the Bible that prayer can unlock the heavens, that it can release angelic warriors to fight battles for us, that prayer can part the Red Sea, that, that prayers can actually give you a battle plan to defeat the Jericho that you're facing this week. God can actually speak to you through prayer. It is a mystery, it is a supernatural connection between God and man, between you and God. 
that you and I are invited to have with God every day, multiple times throughout the day. It's not regulated to a place. It's not a confessional booth. It's not only one time and that's all you get. It's all day long. Yet, I think many of us, if we were honest, would say, I don't really know how to pray. I mean, not prayers like that, you know? Like, I, I know how to pray for my, God bless my family and God help me with this decision or this problem I've got, but prayers that move mountains and prayers that part waters, I mean, how, how do you pray like that? And most of us would probably say that our prayer life could use a little help. Anybody with me on that, right? In fact, I've never met a Christian that was like, no, I'm good, I pray enough, I'm good. Now, I think all of us can, can work on our prayer. Even the disciples who were with Jesus every day had to work on their prayer life. Look, they, they, they asked Jesus, teach us to pray. Now, if anybody would have known how to pray, it were the disciples. They, they had been raised as good Jewish boys learning how to pray. They would have prayed prayers multiple times a day. They would have prayed in the synagogue. They would have prayed at Sabbath. They would have, they would have memorized part of the scripture, yet they still say here, teach us to pray, which tells me there was something in the way that Jesus would pray that got their attention. Like there's something, something different going on. And I was thinking this week, out of all the things they could ask Jesus for, they asked Jesus, teach us to pray. They could have said, Jesus, teach us how to cast out devils. Or Jesus, teach us how to, how to walk on water. Or Jesus, teach us how to turn water into wine. That one could be really useful. <laughs> but no, they said, teach us to pray. And then Jesus responds and he says, pray in this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done in, in my life as it's being done in heaven. Give us today, this, this day our daily bread and, and forgive us our trespasses, our, our sins, as we forgive those who trespass or sin against us and lead us not into temptation, but, but please deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. And, and, and Jesus, when he taught him that, that wasn't just a prayer to recite. That, that wasn't just something you quickly rattle off from, from memory. It actually, when you read the scripture, he said, pray in this way. This is a way to pray. This is a roadmap to prayer. And next Sunday, we're gonna be digging deep into that one passage to understand what was Jesus really trying to say to us when he was teaching us to pray the Lord's Prayer. But today, I wanna to back the train up. Because for us to really understand prayer and to go to that next level in our prayer life, there are three things that I really believe that we need, and I'm praying for you. One is that you will understand the purpose of prayer, why we pray, and then that you would embrace the process of prayer because there is actually a process to praying. And then that you would find a place of prayer. So first, let's start with the, with the process of the purpose of prayer. Because if you don't understand the purpose of prayer, I'm afraid you'll stop praying or you'll never get around to it or you'll get frustrated because when you pray and your prayers don't get answered the way you want them to be prayed, then you're gonna be frustrated and you're gonna give up on praying. In fact, I believe the biggest struggle that any of us have with prayer is that we don't understand the purpose of it. We may think it's something we have to do. Like, oh, it says in the Bible that I, that I have to pray and so it's like this obligation. Like I gotta check the box 
to make God happy, or I gotta go into the box to make God happy. And if I go into the box and I tell God everything I did wrong, then maybe it'll be all right. And maybe if I pray longer, maybe he'll like me more. And, and, and we get into this trap of thinking that it's some religious obligation, some religious thing that will make us more acceptable to God. Or maybe we think the purpose of prayer is to actually get what we need from God. So we go to God with all of our long laundry list of things that we need him to do. And we think that this is all about getting something from God. God, give me that new, that new job, that new house, that new spouse. Woo! And if we pray it long enough or hard enough or with enough faith, then he's, gonna, he's actually going to give me what I'm asking for. I can name it and I can claim it. In the name, I can blab it and grab it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Is that the purpose of prayer? Just to try to get stuff from God. When I look at the life of Jesus, um, he, he was constantly praying. He was constantly getting away from the crowds and the noise and the, and the, and the people with the sole purpose of just um, being with the Father. Not out of a sense of religious obligation, not out of a sense of duty, and not to get anything from God, but just to be with God, just, just to build that relationship. He had a relationship with the Father. That's what the, that's what the disciples saw. They saw this relationship. There was something different in the way that Jesus connected with the Father in prayer. See, the purpose of prayer is all about a relationship. It is all about your relationship with God. And just as in any relationship, can I tell you, communication is key. Like communication is the lifeline in any relationship. Like, it, like a relationship can't exist without communication and conversation. It cannot exist. Think about it, I can be married to Julie, I can be legally married to Julie, but if I don't talk to Julie and have conversations with Julie, how are we gonna have a relationship? It's gonna be awful. Or if I only talk to her whenever I get around to it, once a week on Sunday morning, or when I need something, oh, Julie, here's what I need from you. I'm gonna give you three things I need. Come on, right? That's gonna be a stinking relationship. Some of y'all are wondering why your relationship with God is not so good. It's because you're treating it like that. See, the quality of the conversation is gonna determine the quality of the relationship. The quality of the conversation, we're talking about prayer, right? And I'm not, hey, 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 no condemnation. Because some of you are going, oh, 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 oh. I'm not giving you that, right? Usually I just preach it myself and you guys get to listen in, okay? So, but let me say it that way. Where we are in that, the quality of the conversation is gonna determine the quality of the relationship and so it is with prayer and so it is with God. And sometimes when it comes to prayer, I think we think, I don't know what to say to God. Have you ever thought that? Like, he's, he's God. What do you say to God? Like, do I have to use certain words? Like, do I have to use words that are like, like Bible words or Churchy words are the words that Pastor Todd used. I have to, do I have to change my voice? <laughs> you hear people, they'll be like, hey, dude, what's up? You're like, let's pray. Oh, Father, heaven. What just happened, right? That'd be like my son Jefferson if he thought before he could talk to me, he had to like work up a speech and he had to like change his voice and use different words and be real formal and oh, my father. Great sustainer of our household. <laughs> Giver of all the good food that we have to eat. I want to ask thee to, no! 
That would be weird. Some of y'all are weird when you pray. Don't be weird. Just have a conversation. You know, usually what Jefferson says, hey, dad, you around? Hey, dad, you got a minute? Hey, dad, I need some money. I mean, that's usually what he's saying. Can we talk? And that conversation actually builds the relationship. So remember this week as you're praying, because you're gonna pray more this week. You're gonna pray more of these next few weeks. Remember that it's all about the relationship. That's the purpose of prayer. The second section I want you to know about is this process of prayer. And prayer is a process, right? Um, there's this book by uh, this author named Pete Gregg. And it's, the book is called A Simple Guide for Normal People, How to Pray. Some of y'all need to go get this book. You don't have to read through millions of copies. You can get this book. Our staff has been reading through this book over the last year and a half, been making its way through. And Pete Gregg actually started a prayer movement, 24-7 prayer movement that goes around the world today. But he breaks it down in a real simple way. And um, he, he basically builds out one process to pray. There is a process, and you've got to pick your process. But the one he builds out is a P-R-A-Y. He uses the acronym PRAY, and that is PAUSE. Rejoice, ask, and yield. Pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. So it's like this journey through prayer. So it starts with pausing it. You gotta start by stopping. And remember that God says, be still and know that I'm God. You gotta, you gotta start by quieting your soul so that your soul can connect with God. See, for me, um, that's early in the morning. Before the day gets going, I've got this chair on the back porch of my house where I go. I was out there this morning before the sun came up, just spending some time getting quiet in my soul so I can connect with God and pausing it and turning off all the noise. And yes, you can pray everywhere, thank God. You can pray in your car, you can pray when you're you know, driving down I-95, you can pray at work. But you need to find a place of prayer that's quiet that you can pause and be still and know that he is God. And then after you've quieted yourself and, and you've put yourself in a place of just connecting with God, the R stands for rejoice, which means we praise God. Um, the first gate of prayer is, is praise. It's remembering all the things that God has done for you. Before we begin asking him for all the things we need him to do, let's remember what he's done and let's give thanks for what he's done. Man, we need to cultivate a spirit of gratitude in prayer, right? Because God has done so much. And by the way, if God doesn't ever do anything else for you, he's already done so much for us by giving us grace and mercy through Jesus Christ, giving us forgiveness of our sins, giving us the promise of heaven, amen? But when you take time to just stop and remember all the good things that he's done, and, and one of the ways I do this is I, um, I actually journal my prayers now. I didn't do this for years, I did it back in college, and, but when my prayer life got stuck a couple years ago, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna start writing out my prayers. And so I've got a journal, and I, go, I just write, I it makes me slow down, makes me think about what I'm writing, and I start by writing out the things I'm thankful for. And by the way, when you start writing out all the things you're thankful for, there'll be more things to be thankful for. You'll be like, oh, oh, and yeah. You know, Oh, too, right? Zig Ziglar said it this way. He said, gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. The more you express gratitude for what you have, the more likely you will have even more to express gratitude for. Why? Because gratitude changes your perspective. You're not just worried about all the problems. You're not just worried about the situation. And, oh, the, uh, what I mean? You're like, God, you've done this, so you can do that. God, you provided here, so you can provide here. 
I'm not worried. All of a sudden your perspective changed when you start with rejoicing. And then you get to the part of uh, A, which stands for ask. And um, this is when you get to bring your request before God. And, and this is uh, when there's no request that's too big for God or too small for God. He cares about what you care about. Like I care about everything that Jefferson and Cassie, my kids care about. I, I wanna, if I'm a dad, I wanna help them any way I, any way I can. And Jesus said, Todd, he said this in Matthew seven, he didn't say Todd, but he said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more does your heavenly father know what you need and want to give it to you? So you get to bring your request before God. And when you do that, you actually um, bring not just your own requests, but you actually carry the requests of others, people at work or people in your neighborhood or what's happening over in the Middle East right now. You, man, that's so heavy on my heart. You just, you bring that before the Lord and you ask for his help in those things. And then Y stands for yield. And yield just means you say yes to God. Yes, God, whatever you say. And in order to say yes to God, you've got to listen to what God says. Prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue. It's a conversation. God does not have divine laryngitis. He speaks. He's a talking God, amen? He wants to talk to his children. Look what it says in Job 33, 14. God does speak, sometimes one way and sometimes another, even though people may not understand it. He's still talking. We gotta get quiet enough and say, Lord, speak to me. Jesus said in John chapter 10, my sheep know my what? My voice. My sheep know my voice. So take time at the end of your prayer just to stop and, and to listen to what he says. There'll be times at the end of my prayer time, I'm like, okay, I don't know what to say, so I'm just gonna, just gonna ask you, what do you wanna say to me? And I'll just listen. But sometimes I don't hear anything. But often, if I listen long enough, he'll, he'll say, hey, Todd, you know, that attitude you had yesterday towards that person, that wasn't like me. I need you to go apologize to them. Or hey, um, he'll bring a scripture to my mind and I've been praying about a circumstance and he'll bring a scripture and go, that scripture is for that problem. And he'll begin to direct me as I take time to just listen to him. P-R-A-Y, it's one process. But one of the biggest parts of the process of prayer is having to wait in prayer. Prayer is not like you put your prayer in, like, a, like you put it in like a slot machine, and you pull the handle and woo, I got what I want. Thank you, Lord, good job. No, that's not the way prayer works. Not for me anyway. It's, it's praying and praying and waiting and praying and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and praying again. And that's, that, waiting is a part of it. And the people in the Bible had to wait. Psalm 62 says, let all that I am wait quietly before God because my hope is in him. Psalm 37, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him. He's gonna come, just gotta, just gotta wait. Wait for his timing. Sometimes our time, my timing is always faster than God's timing. So waiting is this part of waiting patiently, waiting, not giving up in prayer. Not giving up when you feel like giving up because you haven't seen anything change. Can I tell you, I'm just like you. I feel like there's times I feel like giving up in prayer. There's times I have given up in prayer because I'm like, well, I've prayed about that for three years, haven't seen anything, so I'm not gonna waste my... God, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Trust in Him. And I felt like as I was preparing this part of the message, um, the Lord spoke to me and said, Todd, there's somebody that's gonna hear you talking that has given up in prayer, and I want you to tell them, don't give up. Keep your eyes on me. Keep praying for that marriage. Keep praying for that son to come back to God. Keep praying for those children to turn their hearts. Keep praying for that healing that you're waiting on. Keep 
praying. Don't give up in prayer. It's a process. Don't quit. The third area that I want to make sure we understand is that we all got to find our, our place of prayer. A place of prayer. When you look at the life of Jesus, um, he had places that he would go to pray. He, he would go on the mountainside away from the noise and the crowd. In fact, when I was in Israel the last time, they took us to this one little cave right up on the hillside of the Galilee and it's the only, um, the only cave like that in the whole region around the Galilee. And they, they said they know without a doubt, I mean, as much as you can know without a doubt, that that's where Jesus would have gone many times because it was right up from um, the cities that he would stay in and live in, Capernaum and all that. He would walk right up on this and you could see the Galilee from it. And so I sat in there and I'm like, oh. But Jesus would go to the place of prayer, whether that was the place or not. He, he, would, um, he would go to a garden to pray often. He would, he would take that place to, to get away from the crowds. And Jesus says to us in Matthew 6, he says, when you pray, go into your room or closet and close the door and pray. Do you have a place of prayer? I was thinking about um, in Acts chapter 2 when the 120 Christians were in that upper room. They were, they were in a room. They were in a place and they were praying for days and waiting on the waiting and praying for, for, for days. And then it says, the spirit of God fell in the room. And it says, I'll read to you, filled the whole house. The Holy Spirit filled the whole house where they were sitting. And the disciples saw what looked to be flames of fire resting on top of everybody's head. And then it says, and then all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And I saw there that the Holy Spirit filled the place before it filled the people. The place was a place where the Holy Spirit wanted to come and, and dwell. Do you have a place of prayer? Like I said, I've got, I've got my chair on my back porch and it's my place of prayer. And what's so great about having a place of prayer is that if I miss my prayer time in the morning, that chair is yelling at me all day. Like I walk by it, it's like, Todd! Get your rear over here. I mean, it's like talking to me almost. It's like the Spirit of God uses that to draw me. And because I go there and I have these times with God that is so uh, holy and uh, beautiful, I don't want to miss it. Like, I long uh, to get up and, and go meet with God. you got to get that place of prayer. Julie, she doesn't have a chair of prayer. She has a couch of prayers. She says how much she prays. She's got a little couch in our front room and she gets up about 4.30 every morning and makes her way into that place of prayer. I don't get up at 4.30, but by the time I get up after her, I can hear her praying. I can hear her uh, sometimes singing worship songs that are coming out of that room. It's a holy place. It's a place to encounter God. Um, I really felt like I needed to tell you, you gotta find your, your place of prayer. You gotta find your prayer chair. You, you gotta make that place, that holy space set aside to commune with God. You gotta get up a little bit early before the rest of the house gets going and you gotta say, God, I'm coming to to meet with you. I heard it said before that um, the secret to prayer is secret prayer. You wanna figure out how, what's the secret to prayer? Well, it's actually secret prayer. Think about any great athlete. Um, their public success doesn't just happen. It comes from secret practice year after year, day after day, hours that we never see. We see them on the track, we see them on the field, we see them doing what they're doing, but man, you don't see all the hours and days and months and years of the secret work that happened to get there. The secret to prayer is, is secret 
prayer. So find your chair. Turn and tell somebody, you need a prayer chair. Just tell them, you need to get you a prayer chair this week in Jesus' name, amen? But can I tell you that there are many days when I go to my prayer chair and uh, I don't, you know, the heavens don't open. Nothing, nothing happens. I don't hear anything or feel anything or what. And if you ask anybody that's walked with Jesus for very long, they will tell you there are seasons in their life where they don't feel anything or hear anything. Because we don't walk by feelings, we walk by faith. This is a walk of faith, amen? And so, so don't, don't give up, man, just keep going. Even though I read the Bible and sometimes I don't hear anything, I'm gonna read the Bible anyway. Even though I pray and I feel like my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling, it's like, I'm gonna pray anyway. And before you know it, days turn into weeks and weeks turn into years and all of a sudden a daily discipline becomes a holy habit. A daily discipline can become a holy habit in your life where the Lord shows up. So let me give you three simple guides that'll help you make more out of your prayer time this week. They're very simple. Write these down. If you're not taking notes, write these down. Jamie, are you writing these down? I wanna make sure you're writing these down, okay? So make sure you're writing this down. She told me you took notes. So I wanna make sure you're taking notes. Okay, here you go. Keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. When it comes to prayer, Keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. And Pete Gregg in his book, he unpacks these, but let me just give you a snapshot. Um, keep it simple. That means you don't need churchy words. You don't have to figure out what you, oh, this is, don't make it complicated. You're just having a conversation with your best friend, talking to God, keep it simple. And next week, we're gonna talk about one simple way to help you build your prayer life. Secondly, keep it real. This is about being honest with God. Man, if you're feeling hopeless in a situation, or so, tell him about it. Man, you, I read in the Bible, David and Moses and uh, Abraham, they all had like real gut level, God, this, this really stinks. I can't believe I'm stuck here, right? Kind of prayer, so keep it, keep it real. And then the last part is, is keep it up because most of us have a tendency to give up when we deal with disappointments or what feels like delays in prayer. And the enemy of your soul would love nothing better than to get you to give up on prayer because like I said, it is the connection that you have with God. And as it goes with that conversation, so it goes with the relationship. So don't give up. And that daily discipline can turn into that holy habit for you. I wanna, um, I wanna end our time today a little bit differently. And we're gonna take time to actually uh, practice what I preached. We're gonna take time to pray together. We're gonna take time to uh, work through P-R-A-Y together and turn the chair that you're in into a prayer chair, a place with God today. So I'm just gonna ask for the next several minutes that nobody leaves. This is still part of my message. And we're gonna respond and connect with God. So let me invite you just to bow your heads where you are and just create a quiet place. Remember the first part of this is uh, pause. We have to stop before we start. And just don't worry about what you gotta do this afternoon or anything else that's maybe trying to distract you. Just keep focusing your attention on God and just tell him, I wanna connect with you. I'm here to connect with you. your own words, just tell him that, um, Holy Spirit, I want you to speak to me. I'm leaning into you. I'm listening. 
waiting. God, we quiet our hearts and our minds today. And we wait on you. This week is gonna be distracting. We have lots of problems that are coming, but right now in this moment, we just are with you. And we pray that you would speak to us as we wait on you. Come Holy Spirit. And the R stands for rejoice. So Lord, we start by giving you thanks for all the things that you've done for us. Like we can't even begin to list your mercy and your kindness and your love, all the things that we don't deserve. But today we're just, we're so grateful. Thank you for the way that you provide for us, that you are Jehovah Jireh. Thank you for the times that you've protected us when we didn't even know it. God, you watched out for our kids and we weren't even, we weren't there, but you were there. Thank you for our jobs. Thank you for the beds we had to sleep in last night. Thank you for the food that we had to eat yesterday because we know there's people right now in the Middle East that don't have any of that. So God, we, we just wanna stop by giving great thanks for all you've done. Right where you are, would you just make it personal and you begin to thank him for some things in your life that you need to thank him for. It might be your family, it might be a coworker, it could be a situation that you just wanna give thanks for. But right where you are, just take a moment and give thanks to God, come on. Lord, we know that in a room this size, there are a lot of requests and lots of needs. We thank you that you care about every one of them. We thank you that the, the smallest details in our life, you, you care about, you, you're concerned with those and you actually invite us to cast all that care on you because you care for us. And the big problems that we don't know how to solve, they're, they're not too big for you. So we bring our requests before you today with the needs that we have in our families, the needs that we have in our companies and businesses or our careers, the needs that we have with our kids for healing, for provision, for all those needs. God, we, we lift them up to you today. We ask you to meet and supply our needs. Be our source and our provision, we pray. Just take a moment and make it personal. Get specific. Tell God exactly what you need and it's okay to actually open your mouth and say it. Like we are a church that prays out loud. So if you just need to pray out loud and say, Lord, I need this, I need this, I need this from you. Just tell him what you need right now. Just ask him. You get to ask him. You get to ask your father what you, for what you need today. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and then select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, just make sure that you subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who so generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's really because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.